Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host this evening. Uh, and yes, uh, injured props or are they injured? Well, well, we'll have to wait and see about that. But uh, that is definitely the topic for conversation tonight. Um, not only have we uh, got Andrew Porter getting himself injured, but offer is also looks like he's going to be out. Um, was um, Did we uh, have a uh, injured prop in uh, uh, gone blank? Oh, Paul, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. Bristol versus Leicester, uh, the <laughs> game. Um, we'll also uh, have a chat. Obviously, that's some club rugby uh, with some centennial celebrations up in Northland. Uh, we've also had the uh, winter um, honours list and uh, arise Sir Buck. Um, as, uh, also in Lions chat, we've got the Springbok squad um, and also uh, Nay Milner Scudder turning out for East Coast in the... Uh, well, actually, not in the Harlem Championship. Harlem Championship hasn't started yet, has it, Stephen? No, Paul, <laughs> we've gone through that. <laughs> Very good. You go ahead and drink your, uh, have a sip on your on your beer there, and uh, I'll tell you again what a privilege and a pleasure it is once again to be on the TDM. And if you're wondering why we're late, folks, it's because Stephen was late turning up. I was like, oh no, I'm going to be all alone. But no, he is here, thankfully, uh, which is good to see. I'm used to him turning up. In the nick of time, so uh, yes, it's uh, nothing unusual there. Uh, just so you all know, folks, I'm on the old Boundary Road Brewery um, beer here. Um, so uh, that's my tipple for the evening. Um, Stephen, you're on the uh, waters or the Coke or the Powerade? What's your no, no, on on water? Water. There we go. Um, the uh, not a gauge rate. He wouldn't touch the stuff. Horrible stuff, gauge rate. But, but Powerade, oh, he loves it. Um, the um. <laughs> um where shall we start this evening? And um, but uh, let's, uh, I guess, in the news there, look, looks like Offer is going to miss the last game of the uh, Super Rugby Trans Tasman um, season through injury. Um, real shame. He's been in some good form, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he has been in, in, in reasonable form. I must admit, I don't know if he's played a lot of minutes this year. You know, from what I can, from what I can recall, usually the two starting props of Sort of, I know Carl Tunukiafi has has always started. We've seen James Lay, obviously there as well, and I'm just trying to think who 
normally starts with a, you know, I'll tell you what, maybe I'm getting a little bit twisted here. Maybe he does actually start with, um, <laughs> we, see, we normally see Nepo Lalala come on in, in, in the second half, don't we? Uh, and the only reason I can remember that because I can remember Nepo giving away probably one of the dumbest penalties I've ever, ever seen. He was so offside. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll leave that at that. <laughs> Um, I think that uh, I think they they have been um, spinning it um, around uh, and rotating it quite rightly. If you've got four All Blacks props, uh, you do give it a bit of rotation. You don't want to overplay any of them. So, um, in fact, if you if you want to be an All Blacks prop, Blues is probably one of the best places. Pardon me to be because of that. So you don't have to play too many minutes. But um, yep, uh, talking of injuries, Josh Lord got a boot in the face at the weekend. And his eye really closed up. Listening in on the uh, press conference, Neil Barnes says that uh, uh, that they don't think anything is broken there or any serious injuries. Um, but uh, they're still waiting for the swelling to go down. And he'll go through the uh, HIA return to play protocols. Now, personally, a young guy like that, I would like to see him automatically miss the next week, personally. Um, but uh, I, I'd... Uh, I do. I do understand the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, that uh, the issues that the Chiefs have at the moment or have had all season, pretty much actually, uh, at lock. Uh, so I, I, I imagine that he will be um, he will be brought straight back in. Uh, but personally, I think he should have been given a rest. But but uh, that's just my my point of view. Yeah. No. I, I, let's not go along with it. He's he's only. He's only a young player at the end of the day, and probably not to mention, I think the Chiefs are they're probably more of a, an outside outsider uh, to probably make the the finals. They would need some seriously twisted results uh, go their way, and we're sort of talking about maybe uh, at least two of the teams in front of them losing. I don't think it's going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. There was there was talk during the chat about whether Antoinette Brown would be rested for the final game of the season. Um, so uh, that's um, uh, that's so, so, yeah, so we have to wait and see. Dr. Turner Wright says the head injury looked very nasty, made me wonder about a fracture. Uh, yes, uh, I say, look, still waiting for all of the swelling to go down, so that we they might still discover that. But uh, at this point, thankfully, it looks like he ha hopefully he hasn't uh, done anything more uh, too serious on that one. But I say, does have to do the return to play protocols in there. Um, talking of uh, injuries, then. And Andrew Porter is out of the uh, British and Irish tour, British and Irish tour to South Africa, unfortunately through injury, uh, which is a real shame for him. This has brought uh, Carl Sinclair uh, in to the, the the squad, though. Um, so look, I don't think it's a massive loss to the British and Irish Lions. They've got a very able uh, replacement there, someone that I think a lot of people had in there starting at twenty three. Uh, maybe not starting 15, but you know, starting 23 for the Lions. Uh, so and we're very surprised he didn't get called up in the first place. So, yeah, Carl Sinclair in there. And as uh, um, Warren Gatland says, he's been sticking two things up at Warren Gatland uh, with his style of play since then. Um, so uh, good on him to to get the call up. But a uh, shame for Andrew Porter. Yeah, no, obviously there was a lot of media in and around his, his non-selection and he was very emotional about it. But... I think somewhere along the lines, we I think we may have said on one of our previous shows that, gee, you're only an injury away from getting back in the team. And uh, hey, listen, if there were two or three 
injuries in the same position and he wasn't getting picked, well, then <laughs> I, I would imagine him and the coach have got an issue. But uh, listen, the fact that he was the first cab off, off the rink just shows you probably how close he was to the original team. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a few more injuries along the way um, as well before we go. I mean, the, uh, whilst the, um, the, the sort of Irish and Welsh boys and Scottish boys are pretty much, uh, I mean, they've got a, maybe a Rainbow Cup game or two left in them uh, at most, um, whereas uh, the guys who are playing in England, they have got uh, a couple of games left, plus also finals footy as well. So uh, there is uh, definitely room for a few injuries amongst those ones playing in, in England. Uh, I would expect most of the one, other ones to get through pretty uh, unscathed into that. Talking about um, uh, being a bit scathed, though, um, a couple of uh, these South Africans are, are already in doubt here. Um, R.G. Simon and uh, uh, Damien Delende, who uh, both play for Munster, um, have uh, been burnt in, a, burnt in a fire pit accident. I mean, look, I understand the Lions want to win this um uh, the, the tour, but to injure two of them in, in, in that they're in Munster by burning them is perhaps a little bit beyond a little bit beyond yeah, rugby value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is just a bizarre story. Um, it is. Yeah, I'm just trying to uh, picture to myself how they how how you would explain that maybe to a family member. <laughs> the um yep yeah, I um uh, there, there aren't a lot of details around this one. Uh, CJ Stander and Mike Haley. I mean, obviously, I was joking, folks, about about the Irish deliberately burning burning Springboks. Um, the uh, but um, CJ Stander and Mark Haley, Mike Haley, sorry, also received burns. Those two are expected to be back in training uh, this week and available for the final um, uh, Rainbow Cup game. Um, whereas uh, Damon Delende and RG Simon will not be uh, training and again and are back to see the burn specialist again um, this uh, this week. Uh, so look, we wish them both the uh, a full recovery uh, and hopefully the, the burns aren't uh, too um, well. Hey, they're going to be of, of some sort of level uh, to the let's say arms, legs, and face. It says. Um, so um, let's just hope they uh, uh, are okay. Um, and uh, no, I, I don't believe this is a, I, I do think this is a, uh, a it will, will be a, a proper fire pit rather than barbecue incident, um, considering the sort of size of Simon and say he got uh, substantial burns to legs, hands and face. Um, that is a, uh, yeah, no, I think, um, so hopefully they are, they're, they're both um, all right there. Yes, um, Nocturne writes, brying um, with too much kerosene. That's, yeah, I, I wouldn't bry with kerosene if I were you folks. <laughs> not, not to be advised um, for your for your old sausages there, um, as it were. Um, <laughs> but uh, there, there have been a number of interesting, I'll put it, um, selections in the uh, Springboks um, uh, selections. I, the uh, ever, uh, All but three players who were in the Rugby World Cup final are there. Um, unsurprisingly, uh, just those that have um, retired from the game are, are, are missing. But two players who are included are Mornay Stein, uh, who has um, uh, and Franz Stein. Uh, I mean, um, two um, old boys there uh, in, uh, in in that one, turning back the clock. Mornay Stein not played for the uh, Springboks for five years, Stephen, but uh, in with a shout again um, against uh, against the Lions. Yeah, it's a real surprise on the, on the, the part of Mornay Stain. We, we know he's a very good goal kicker, but 
in terms of a, a running game, he's very limited unless he's done something amazing to turn that form around and that skill set around. I, I don't think so, but it, uh, also with the selection of of Frankenstein, um, that also basically that also tells me um, that also tells me what sort of style of game they're going to be playing, um, <laughs> which is a bit strange when you you know when you do see some of the the games from South Africa. They've got some really great young outside backs <clears throat> running around. But if you then again if you think back to that uh, World Cup final. Uh, in 2019 against um, England, they just systematically uh, ground them down. Um, just on the side, Peter Stiftertoy, is his name in there? Yep, Peter Stiftertoy is there. Don't we? Yep, there's, there's plenty of uh, plen- plenty of size uh, in there, um, uh, along with five players from Cell Sharks uh, <laughs> in there, uh, including Jean-Luc Dupree and uh, Dan Dupree, both named as loose forwards. So um, plenty of size in that one, um, is Mornay, is he, is he 40 yet? I don't think he's 40 yet, folks. Uh, <laughs> right. No, but he is, uh, yes, in, in his in, in the latter half of his 30s, um, that's uh, def- or, or, or heading that way. I think he's about 35, 36-ish. Um, but apparently he has been one of the form players over in South Africa. Uh, look, I think this probably shows that uh, um, the Springboks haven't played since the Rugby World Cup last year. Um, they they have two warm up games against Georgia um, before heading in to the series with the Lions. There is a South Africa A game um, that, that uh, I think will also be picked from the same squad of players. Um, as well. so it, is, it is a it is an extended squad. Um, let's be honest in this one, and maybe uh, we'll see a few people who are in that uh, that one rather than um, the other one. Um, the uh, uh, and. Um, some of the, and also he has to have enough. So, as Simon points out here, uh, that uh, top fourteen and um, the Gallagher Premiership players will they be available for all of the um, all of the games on, on, uh, against Georgia, etc. I'm not quite sure if they'll have sort of got through quarantine and things like that in time. So maybe there is a an, event, uh, an opening for that. Um, not turn right. So they have a young, quick guy, uh, Willemser. Uh, Willemser is named as a fifteen in this squad, not as a ten. Um, interestingly, uh, so he is in the squad um, there, um, or pretty, um, yeah. Uh, as I say, as as a uh, uh, as an outside back, um, the fly halves are Elton Yanchis, uh, Andre Pollard, and um, Mornay Stein uh, in there for for the fly halves. Uh, as I say, yeah, yeah. Villanza, along with players like Speckman, uh, who is uh, uncapped, uh, obviously apart from obviously has been in the sevens side of things. Uh, in there, so yes, there are a lot of interesting players, but I think probably the, the fact they haven't played any any uh, international rugby since the last Rugby World Cup um, shows you that uh, I think it's yeah he's gone for experience here uh, in this one uh, ahead of the Lions, which is ob- obviously after the Rugby World Cup one of the uh, sort of the, the biggest events around in this one. Definitely going with players. Uh... <clears throat> That they that they know in the squad. I was just looking through the number of caps in 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 the backs, and uh, gee, there's some there's some high caps with, within within these teams. It's, it's crazy to think that somebody like Chesnan Colby has actually only got 14 caps. I would have thought he had more than that. Where you've got the likes of Willie Larue, who's playing for Toyota Blitz with 60 61 caps. Uh, uh, you know, even my Pimpy's quite a uh, an inexperienced player in the in, in the scheme of things. 14 points. 
Uh, 14 caps, 70, 70 points. Boy, that's uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of tries. That's a lot of tries already. I'm trying to do my my math, maths as we uh, as we talk, uh, Paul. Um, what's that? 14 tries already in us. Is that 14 tries and 11 caps? Is that does that correct? Sound correct? Uh, well, 14 tries from 14 caps, maybe. Um, yeah. The uh, so yeah so he yeah, so Mathimpi uh, averages a try a game, uh, so yeah no, he's he's obviously going very very well there. Um, you've got to say it's I, I think um, someone like Cheslin Colby uh, has struggled for caps at some point because of his size, uh, and really was only in the run up to to the uh, Rugby World Cup that he actually got to uh, that he became a permanent fixture in the team uh, in that one. So I think yeah I think it's, uh, that's um, yeah, the, the, yeah, his size has, has counted against him. Uh, obviously, we know uh, how damaging he can be because he is 27. So, uh, as far as uh, wingers go, that's, that's getting on a bit, um, or, 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 or or coming towards the end of his career, as we've seen with players like Julian Sabir, for example, um, at uh, in the um, for the All Blacks. Uh, so, yeah, we've got. Um, I, 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 as we saw with the selection of the of the Lions squad. Where they select a lot of second rowers and quite a few second rows who can play six, but no out and out sixes. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see that the All Blacks playing, th- sorry, the, uh, the Lions playing three locks essentially with players like Courtney Laws uh, in that uh, number six role um, to try and uh, combat the Peter to Steph to Toy uh, effect. Obviously, World Player of the Year uh, there, uh, including in, in that one. So, um, wouldn't be surprised that uh, Craig um, uh, Craig Crabstyle from uh, the uh, from, from YouTube. He's uh, calling a drawn series already. Um, Stephen, how how are you calling it at the moment? I don't uh, know. You know, originally I, I thought the the British and Irish Irish Lions were a real chance. It's it's, a, it's an intriguing series. It's basically intriguing. The one upside that the British Lions have got is they've just come out of a, a Six Nations Championship. A lot of the players will. We'll, we'll know each game. There's a lot of sort of excitement, but there's still enough experience in in that side. If, if Gatlin could, could pull them together in the same way that he did uh, back in 2017, they're a real chance. I look at the South African team, you know, there, there might be a real chance. I, I think it takes South African teams a while to, to start rolling. You know, you think back to the, to the Rugby World Cup, um, it, it really took them a while to get, you, you know, to, to basically get moving, to, to get themselves back up to the level that they can. If the, if the British and Irish Lions are any chance, and I say any chance, they have got to win that first test. And, yeah, that is always the, um, the, the thing, isn't it? Yes, is, 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 them have, is, is, is them winning that first test, um, as you say. Uh, so, um Simon says, how many of the test matches are played at altitude? So I'll just quickly run through um, the, the schedule for this. Uh, the British Irish Lions, before they leave, are playing Japan in Murrayfield. Um, then they go over and play the Lions, Sharks, uh, Bulls um, at, uh, up at altitude to start off with, before moving down to sea level in Cape Town to play South Africa A, the Stormers, uh, and South Africa at sea level, and then going back up to Joburg, for the final two tests. So two out of the three tests will be at altitude, but the Lions are, are arriving going straight into altitude for their opening three games as well. Now, the other point here is there are just those five games in the run-up to 
or actually, um, sorry, six if you include the Japan game. Whereas if you compare that to the tour to um, uh, New Zealand, where they had, they played all five Super Rugby franchises, plus the Maori All Blacks and the provincial team, so seven games in the run-up, these tours are getting shorter and shorter. And for what is a select team that haven't played against each other, um, is uh, I think is a uh, is going to be a problem for Warren Gatland. It's just getting enough game time with these players playing together. Uh, so for me, I think yeah, the, the whilst we, whilst the um, the Springboks are a bit of an unknown quantity in the fact they haven't played in well over a year, uh, be about a year, three year and a half. Um, they are the world champions for a good reason. They've got the majority, pardon me, of that squad um, still together, uh, and they have to go into this one as favourites. Um, I would say. Um, leading into this one, would 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 it be would it be fair to say that maybe maybe the the British British and Irish Lions also go into this maybe a little bit they'll be a little bit fresher. Shall shall we say the the, the, the usual situations? I know that the Gallo Premiership we'll, we'll get onto that shortly um, is is coming to to a, a conclusion a conclusion of sorts. Obviously, your your top liners. Who will be involved in, in playoffs, etc., will, will 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 probably you know be a bit banged up. But in the, in the, in the main, has it got a when when is the first game in on on the tour, Paul? So they've got that twenty uh, sixth of June is the game against the British and Irish line. Uh, sorry, the game against Japan. Um, so uh, and if you think that the uh, Gallagher Premiership um, final. Uh, is due to take place as he quickly scrolls down and has a quick look to try and get it in time. Um, he doesn't get there quite in time. His words beat him to his scrolling. But um, the uh, final should be on the 26th of June, so the same day as that Japan test. Um, so that's so the, the, he's not going to have access to all his players um, ahead of that game uh, with the expectation that Exeter... Uh, and Bristol will probably be in that final. So um, a number of players from um, both of those teams uh, in the Lions squad. Um, thinking of Luke, I mean, sort of Luke Cowan-Dickey is there. Uh, Carl Sinclair, obviously, we've, we've talked about. Um, Johnny Hill, the uh, the lock. Um, Sam Simmons, the number eight. Uh, and um, also Stuart Hogg, the uh, fullback, um, are all uh, so at least four players he's expected to be missing. So four or five players, anyway, um, missing before that. Uh, before that one, so um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, uh, Aaron says, "Yeah, what's uh, the, the Lions' style of play will be interesting. Will they play Gatlin Ball against the Springboks? It is going to be very interesting." And I say that selection there of um, only six back rowers, uh, and if you look at them, uh, Jack uh, Jack Conan, uh, Tulipe Falatau, and um, Sam Simmons are considered eights. Tom Curry, Justin Tipperick, uh, Hamish Watson, all considered sevens. There are no recognised sixes in that there. So are they going to try and play two sevens and a lots of and lots of speed, or are they going to go with your, um, your Courtney Laws, Tyburn, um, Maru Toji, all who can play uh, that uh, uh, um, in, in that six role, uh, and then having two lumps like Alvin Jones and say Johnny Hill or Ian Henderson uh, in the row. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, how uh, how important that will be, uh, but yeah, it's, it's. I think we're going to see them um, try and go with a big six. I know a lot of people are suggesting that actually they will go at more pace, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, 
uh, will pre-existing combinations come into selection process? Craig Crabstyle says, yes, they will. And one of the things you noticed when the British and Irish Lions travelled down to New Zealand um, was that ahead of the, uh, for the first, I think, three or four games, Warren Gatland uh, chose his front rows as teams. Um, he did, and, he, and he kept the same three players together starting. Uh, so he had basically three sets of three of, 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 um, of front rows that he rotated in the opening few games. Uh, and it wasn't really until I think the Maori All Blacks game where he actually changed the combination there in, the front, in, in his front row forwards. So you will see combinations will be massively important. It's something that Warren Gatland takes very seriously, um, uh, but not only on the pitch, but also off the pitch with the coaches that he selects. If you um, And that was one of the things about the coaches that he selected for the New Zealand tour. For this tour, uh, he's had a couple of issues. First off, um, the uh, his attack coach that he's used for the last couple of years, or sort of the last couple of tours, um, Rob Howley, uh, he decided not to go with him because of his gambling issues that he had at the World Cup. And Warren Gatlin said, look, he didn't want to spend the whole tour talking about uh, that uh, previous issue with Rob Howley. Um, now, there's no suggestions uh, around that that Sir Rob Howley was um, was fixing games for, for gambling. Uh, it was definitely an illness he had, uh, but uh, even so, so he he isn't there. And Warren Gatlin's got a new attack coach in Gregor Townsend to work with. He's worked with Robin McBride as forwards coach and Neil Jenkins as a kick coach, but he has got a new defence coach in Steve Tandy who is currently the Welsh, uh, sorry, Scotland defence coach um, in there, who's Welsh. But so so two new coaches in the coaching lineup for Warren Gatland have to get used to working with as well. And I've just uh, hit you with your drinking. Um, <laughs> um, comment in the live chat there about Pat Lamb will be getting onto that one. Don't you worry, sir. Um, so there is, there is talk um, about the, um, uh, about the fact that he might also, uh, that uh, Andy Farrell, uh, I think, has made himself available after the French, after the Wales internationals, um, because the first Test match uh, on this tour um, is on the twenty uh, fourth of July. Uh, now, and I'll just bring up the mid year tests, um, but I think that means that uh, uh, that um, uh, Andy Farrell's um, uh, um, requirements with Ireland will mean that uh, uh, because the um, they've said that, him, that 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 he might be uh, that they're making him now available for that because they got a game on the third fourth of July sorry the third of July versus Japan um, they uh, then uh, so I think they would be wrapped up if they got one on the third of July the tenth of July and the seventeenth of July they'll be wrapped up and finished the weekend before that first Test match so he there is talk of him flying out for the second half of the series. Um, an interesting one there, Stephen. I mean, what does that mean then for Steve Tandy? Does, is, is, is Steve Tandy not being trusted as a defence coach? If they're flying out a defence coach for the second half of the tour, or do you think it's? Uh, do you think it wouldn't be um, disrupted in that way? Oh, listen. The more, the more. I think the more intel you can actually have, and, and experience you can have, have the better. You, you know, this tour, these tours only come around uh, what every. Um, <clears throat> Every, well, every four years for the for every, the uh, every, every for four years and to give yourself an, an opportunity i think you just need to throw this throw the kitchen sink 
Yeah, so it'll be interesting if Andy Farrell does go out there. One of the things that we saw, um, uh, one of the things that Tori Gatlin is uh, kind of known for is that he does not really, he's not a big speech man. Um, so he tends to not talk much on the actual day of the test match. Um, uh, and Andy Farrell was used in the last uh, the last lines, lines tour to New Zealand as the person who gave the inspirational speech just before the game. So he might be shipped in purely just to do speeches to the players, <laughs> which would be an interesting role to have. Um, specialist speech coach uh, is the or, or specialist um, yeah enthusiasm coach uh, for the British and Irish Lions there. Um, so we might see him out in that role. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether he does uh, whether he does go or not. Um, come on, then I've avoided it long enough. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on Pat Lamb uh, and whether he does or doesn't put a put whether whether he thinks a player is or isn't injured? Uh, and uh, how he manipulated the end of the ending of that Bristol versus Leicester. Yeah, well, I, I suppose we should just start with a little bit of bit of background, uh, Paul, for anybody who 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 hasn't seen this incident. And um, <clears throat> it, it happened at the towards the very end of the uh, <clears throat> the uh, Bristol Leicester game. Now <clears throat> Bristol were, were pretty much in control of that game for 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 a good deal, but uh, uh, credit to Leicester, they they came right back and. Into the game towards the uh, towards the end and had an op- had an opportunity um, right right near the end to um, to to take to take the victory and they had an attacking scrum close to, close to the line but uh, uh, one of the uh, players for uh, one of the players for um, Bristol was was carded and that was for repeat infringements at the scrum <clears throat> and uh, of course um, the official. Went over to Pat Lamb, who had come down to, to the sideline, and he, he Pat Lamb said, "Listen, <clears throat> we haven't got any more props left because John R. Four, who left the field earlier, was was injured." <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, the uh, referee then, therefore then then basically said, "Well, okay, that's that's all right, but um, you you'll only that means you'll have to finish up the game with only third, thirteen players because if you haven't got a, somebody to to replace that prop." Um, that's that's just the way it is. While while this was all unfolding, the um, Leicester Tigers coach Steve Borthwick was also there as well, and of course he wasn't impressed at all. And uh, he was also in the era era of the official. There was quite a lot said, and um, if you kind of looked in the background, you could see John Arthur was looking very embarrassed about about it all. And then before you know it, he heads out onto the field for that very last scrum, but. Um, well, but before you before you go any further, the, a, a clip has come out um, that uh, where you can hear what jo- John Afoa says just before he runs out onto the pitch. Now, someone clearly says thank you to him for actually going out to play, and he goes, uh, "You won't be thanking me when I win the penalty." Uh, before he runs out onto the pitch, so uh, a bit of fighting talk, a bit of uh, a bit of smack talk there, um, literally as he, as, as he's uh, as, as as he's running out. Yeah, yeah, he, he was obviously. You know, ag- agitated that his, you know, that's not, and credit to him for standing behind his coach. He, he, he was obviously agitated with the line of questioning that was going on at, at that particular time. And you know, if you can, can can imagine, it was quite a tense moment. He goes out onto the field, and of course, uh, well, well, he doesn't win a doesn't win a penalty per, per se, but he puts enough uh, pressure on the on the loose head prop that the ball pops out the side into the hands of the the Bristol halfback who. Kicks it into touch, and then 
obviously John gets out of the scrum and decides <laughs> decides he should get get into the face of a, of an opponent and just let him let him know, and it really just went went from there and deteriorated before you know it. All thirty players were jumping in. Uh, most of it looked handbags at ten paces, but it wasn't a good good look. The finish that is. Not a good okay. There's, there's there's that part of things where yeah, we, as you say, it's not a good look having players fighting at the end or or, or yeah, handbags um, at the end of a game isn't a good look look for for the game. Uh, what's an even worse look for the game though is uh, head coaches uh, gaming the or playing around with the laws uh, to try and cheat to 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 win a game. Um, a player either is injured or they're not, uh, and Pat Lamb there trying to suggest that one of his players is injured, who clearly wasn't, um, because he went on the pitch and did a very good job, um, is, uh, is, is disgusting, is, is, is wrong, let's be honest, folks. It's not the, it's not the first time we've seen this happen, uh, and I'll, I'll run through those um, in a second. But, um, yeah, look, we, 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 had, we had a phone call and a chat about this before, Stephen, and uh, you're not impressed with Pat Lamb's behaviour. No, not at all. Ethically, it's very poor. He... He, he, he's lied. He knows that the player <clears throat> was wasn't wasn't injured, and he knew that his team were were, were under the pump. And, and and to me, it goes against against the spirit. You know, you call it games gamesmanship. Call it what you like, but you know, it's it's not the first time we've we've actually seen this from from coaches. And you know, once again, it, 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 at the end of the day, I'm a little bit old fashioned, Paul. It's just a game, and and Listen, if you lose it, if you lose it, the other end of the day, that's that's the great thing about uh, uh, theatre. And um, you know, nocturnal rights makes a good point. Gamesmanship over energy ruins the credibility of the game, and that's probably the the, the, the root of my problem. And and for me, it doesn't end there because I thought John Arfour's behaviour was was a little unbecoming of of, of somebody who's who's a pretty well respected. Erected, um, is respected prop. I'm trying to get out of get the words out. Um, not just in in the UK, but also uh, New Zealand as well. And you know, I think both both of them between them have, have blotted their copybooks. Yeah, I look. Aaron says, yeah, maybe he was injured, but adrenaline could have uh, kicked in. No, no, that was that. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that wasn't what what happened. But this, the, and uh, head coaches have got previous form on this one. Um, we've got um, a uh, certain uh, head coach of Australia, um, Rennie, uh, when he was head coach at uh, the Chiefs, for example, he pulled off a player and went to uncontested scrums when one of his players wasn't injured um, but uh, and, and was sort of questioned about it by, by in the media conference afterwards. The, uh, the media person who questioned him uh, was then barred from the uh, Chiefs the rest of the season. So that wasn't... Um, now that was that that wasn't very good. Uh, we've seen uh, France do a similar thing, or uh, in um, well, actually trying to get a player back on uh, against Wales, where the uh, physio runs out and says that player's injured. Um, they bang their head, and the players looking around going, "What? Hey, I'm, 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 I've not done anything." And then and and uh, referee asks the player, "Are you injured?" And the, he goes, "I'm not sure." And the, the um, and he says to the physio, "Are you sure? Are you telling me this person has got a concussion?" He said, "Yes." Um, so that clearly was gamesmanship by France. Uh, we've also seen, talking of British Irish Lions versus Springboks, going back to the last tour, so 12 years ago now, uh, we also saw John Smith 
uh, was uh, taken off during, I think it was, I think it was the first test, but I could be wrong there. Um, and uh, the uh, Springboks pack started to go, scrum started to go backwards at a rate of knots. Uh, and he was brought back on uh, as one of, uh, as, as for, for a player who was uh, suddenly became injured um, again, but uh, seemed to be absolutely fine. So um, there's at least four, this is at least, there's at least three times, uh, two of which were at international level, one at Super Rugby level, where this kind of thing has happened before. Um, it's very, very difficult um, to become, um, to to uh, to officiate this one because uh, trying to say if someone is or isn't injured is very difficult, Stephen. And uh, the, the referee's been putting in, a, in basically been putting in, a, in an impossible situation. Oh, very, very much so. You know, once again, you're going on the word of the players. Just just back to the Dave Rennie incident. I, I know it very well because um, they did have a prop on the bench, and Rennie basically said that, oh, this guy's not experienced enough to play on the the tight head side. And yet the season before, this particular player had played for the Bay of Plenty Steamers and played on both sides of the scrum. So what's, what happened in the season? He all of a sudden became a bad scrummager. You know, these guys, when they get selected um, to play professional rugby or, or, or super rugby, they're usually selected because... Um, they, they have got uh, a little bit of diversity. They can play on, on both sides of the scrum. And, uh, yeah, in, in, in this case, case, it was absolutely farcical. Oh, yes, I have got a prop, but guess what? He can't pay, play on both sides. But wait a minute, Dave. He played both sides last year, and he used the excuse of the level of rugby being higher. Now, I get, I get the whole situations where they basically protect young players coming into academies, etc., etc. I, I, I totally get get that. If there's a young player, I remember there was a time where they used to give uh, younger players very limited minutes in the Mitre 10 Cup, as as I recall. And, you know, that that to me makes sense. It's just keeping an eye on the player, the younger players moving forward. But, you know, to me, yeah, it just leaves a sour taste in the mouth. Yeah, Aaron says name of the game is Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Win at all costs and because dollars and careers come into it. Uh, that is where we're going, folks. Anybody who thinks, uh, but to me, what that shows is this, this whole concept of rugby values that World Rugby likes to keep on harping on about on Twitter 
is um, is really the uh, is farcical. It doesn't exist. It's it's a lie. That um, it's a marketing lie that they use to try and up the game. Uh, something that's uh, uh, part of the big chip on the shoulder that rugby has in Europe um, with with football. This is obviously with, fo with football players obviously known for diving and, and simulating injuries and how rugby players are so tough and play through blood and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's all part of rugby values. Uh, well, look, folks, that's gone out the window. Uh, and it has a number of years ago. I'm not sure if it ever, ever really existed, to be honest. I think it's all rose-tinted glasses. Um, I think in every sport, you're supposed to, you, you, when, when you cross that white line, your, your your opponents, when you come off the pitch, you you shake hands and say, well done. Uh, it doesn't matter what the sport is. That's how you're supposed to behave. Uh, and uh, yeah, rugby just seems to get up itself a little bit too much around that side of things. Paul, it, it seems like it hasn't learned <clears throat> the lessons of uh, of the Harlequins uh, uh, bloodgate <laughs> issue uh, many many years ago. When uh, was it? Was it once again? Dare I say it? Another New Zealander involved, Nick Evans, um, may may have been involved in that that particular incident. And well, that, that 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 was about getting Nick Evans back on, wasn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, where yes, we're putting a a, a, a flake, fake uh, fake blood capsule in a in a sock. We went out there. Uh, yes, no. Um, that was obviously uh, 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 taking things to an extreme um, and uh, the, the wrong thing. Uh, clearly, the wrong thing to do. Um, well, if you if you if you think about that, it, it's 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 a form of cheating. Is it, is it any different than an Australian cricket cricket, cricket player with a, a little bit of uh, Sandpaper trying to gain an advantage. That's that's trying to gain an advantage, isn't it? It is. Um, I'm not sure that uh, so Nick Williams, if I got the name right, is the was the winger um, who uh, then had a uh, what the doctor took out a scalpel in the changing rooms and cut his mouth. Um, so that's, that's perhaps taking things a little bit to, <laughs> a little bit further than, than uh, actually inflicting bodily harm on somebody. Uh, now, not serious harm. Obviously, it's just a small nick, um, but. Um, uh, yeah, Nocturne Rights yeah, says your independent match doctors can make an assessment uh, about injury. But again, if the player says, ouch, my back's hurting, your back's, his back's hurting. Therefore, he is injured. You can't really uh, say whether he's lying or not. So, look, I, I, there's only so, so far you can go. Aaron reckons that uh, he can remember Canterbury pulling the same sort of thing against Auckland. I'm sure Auckland have never, never, ever stepped over the boundaries of any uh, gamesmanship, Aaron. So so don't worry about that. It's all Canterbury's fault. Excellent. That's Paul. That's that's actually that's actually quite a good one. That's uh, that's when uh, Canterbury, who's I think maybe in a Shield challenge. This is this sort of reverts almost back to the eighties or the nineties. And from what I from what I recall, Canterbury Canterbury came to Auckland with no no hooker in their squad. So all of a sudden, when their scrum was getting munted, um, basically a flanker, Phil Cropper was the guy's name, who was an open side flanker. Was basically the cover for the hooker, <laughs> the typical land of the dead. Oh dear! Um, so uh, apparently, a Ranfilly Shield challenge as well uh, back in yeah. nineteen ninety. Uh, wow! So clearly, look, everyone else here, apart from obviously the 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 the, uh, here, the, the immigrants here, doesn't doesn't remember this one, but everyone else does. Um, uh, uh, John Buckman, uh, jo John Buckman um, was apparently sent right. off. John, that's right. John Buckman was sent off. So the. Crusaders reckon they had no no cover at hooker. Yeah, so they well, put on Canterbury. Yeah. Not 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 uh, not this is this is before before the Crusaders yeah, yeah, days. John Buchan was, uh, 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 John Buchan was a yeah. It was, it, interestingly, John Buchan originally played his rugby for the Grammar Club 
in Auckland, but transferred to to um, to Christchurch because there was a certain guy by the name of Fitzpatrick that was running around for, for Auckland at the time. Um, never heard of him. Yeah, never heard of him. Can't him. be any good. He, he only played 92 tests for all Blacks. Blacks <laughs> never heard of him. Um, yeah, he, um, John Buchan ended up in Christchurch and then, of course, in the Shield Challenge. Yeah, uh, apparently, from what I believe, this plan was well and truly uh, concocted. Um, and, uh, yeah, Phil, Phil Copper came on as a as a, as a hook, because you still, even though he got sent off, you still had to have a hooker in, in, in the in the front row. That's right. Sent off, sent off for kicking Sean Fitzpatrick. How, how I'm, yeah, there's a bit of an irony about that, eh? Couldn't quite make the Auckland squad, but... <laughs> <laughs> and they, yeah, they got set off for kicking, yeah, kicking Fitzpatrick in the head on the ground. Well, there we go. Um, yeah. And uh, and, and um, as not um, right to show your age. <laughs> as uh, as Simon Hughes says, I know a lot of fly half practice simulation rugby has a lot of rose tinted glasses at the moment. I think it has rose tinted glasses back then. To be honest, if we if we consider kicking in the head to be uh, acceptable behaviour, um, I'm not sure where rugby's going. Uh, Aaron says it's the same in cricket, obviously. Uh, the so-called calling cricket the gentleman's game, or it's just not cricket. Um, yes, clearly, all of those sort of things. Very public schoolboy, uh, um, aristocratic Engl- uh, England point of view, where we sort of fake um, um, values whilst we're more than happy to break them at any at any cost to win. Um, but uh, yes, that's not cricket. How dare you? Um, but yeah, but you're doing this, so I'm allowed to. I'm, I'm the aristocracy. We're allowed to cheat. You're the little people. You're not allowed to. Um, so yes, there we go. Um, something about it being a hundredth and last game um, for the player as well from for, for Canterbury, maybe um, I don't know. Um, Rights obviously knowing a lot more about NPC history than I do. Um, it seems that Sean Fitzpatrick used to wind up a lot of players. When uh, Simon Hughes mentions here that Richard Lowe, I gouged him. So yes, Sean Fitzpatrick seems to uh, yes seems to have been on the end receiving end. And if you're on the receiving end that much. Um, uh, there's no smoke without fire, as they say. <laughs> so um, there we go. Um, one other thing that I think we should cover off before we hit club rugby, though, Stephen. Um, and I, I was, oh, sorry, is there one more thing you want to talk about on, on this one? Yeah, no, no, we... no, I was going to say, I know what you're um, going to talk about. Buck Shelford. Absolutely. I'm going to hand over to you to, to, to talk about um, Sir Buck Shelford. Yes. Yeah, Sir Buck Shelford. Or, yeah, exactly. You know, um, what, a, what a prestigious honour. For such a um, you know distinguished um, uh, skipper of, of of the All Blacks, in fact, I think he may have a record of being unbeaten as a as an All Black captain. That's oh, as that's actually as a captain, not not so much a uh, not so much a player. But uh, listen, just well well deserved because you know Buck also does a lot of charity work as as well. But uh, he was a sort of Sort of player who, 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 who played the game to, to the, I say to the letter of the law. Very, very tough character, and um, boy, we I think we all know the story of uh, what happened in, in Nantes. You know, we've already talked about um, using a scalpel to <laughs> um, to to cut a little bit of blood out, and we know about the the incident in Nantes and in France where he he p- p- played through some tr- a tremendous injury. Shall we call it in in, in pain? Well, so, if you if you if you want to hear about that, we did do a um, a a, 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 a um, uh, the long talk with um, uh, a friend of yours, Dean Kenny, uh, the All Black um, hook uh, All Black sorry, scrum half who was at that game and in the in the uh, uh, in the changing rooms 
um, and he saw what happened. So if you if you want to go back and watch and, and listen to that episode, um, yes, you can learn all about uh, uh, Buckshelford's Nantes injury. Yeah, don't, don't be surprised if, uh, it would, uh, you know, I'll put it on somebody to put up a sign somewhere in New Zealand with the, uh, yeah, bring back Sir Buck Simon Hughes. I was, I was just about to... I was just about to say that because uh, um, unfortunately this this legend was was dropped by um, I think it might have been Alex Wiley in in 1919 he was dropped for for one Zinzan Brook at the time and of course uh, gee for years on end we saw these signs around New Zealand stadiums bring back back <laughs> all the time on saying that Zinzan Brook was one one hell of a player but you know such was the respect that uh, a lot of New Zealand rugby supporters uh, had, for, had for this man. So, uh, listen, wonderful, wonderful achievement. And, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't forget here's a, um, here's a World Cup winner as well at the very first uh, Rugby World Cup in, in 1987 in, 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 in New Zealand. Um, you know, played here in Auckland, move across, was a big, big part of um, North Harbour's sort of rise within the the um, NPC back in the early days. And uh, of course, we shouldn't forget his part in basically bringing a little bit of culture back into the All Blacks. Um, uh, for anybody who's seen the, uh, the, um, a lot of the old um, videos of the All Blacks doing the haka back in the old days, well, Shivers, I think they would have looked at, looked at place doing a little bit of Morris dancing as well, Paul, because uh that's what some of the. Yeah, that's how much time that they. You know, those were those were from those eras, and that's how much time they actually put into it. But Buck put a put a put a lot of mana back into the into the hucker and bring it terms of bring it back into um, all black rugby. So just once again, um, just want to congratulate um, Wayne Buck Shelford on his award and very well done to him and his uh, his lovely wife Joe as well. Um, I've just put in the uh, in, in the live chat across Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, where you can obviously um, follow us. Uh, I have put in there the link to the Dean Kenny interview um, that we did uh, probably about a year, can you, probably a year ago now, <laughs> probably even longer. Um, actually, um, so um, so yeah, so that was when, when did we do that? Well, it was published on. Um, oh, I'm trying to see where the uh, the published date was, but uh, um, uh, yeah, 12th of May last year. So yeah, over a year ago now, we had that interview with Dean Kenny. Um, so, as I say, um, I have put um, um, that uh, uh, down on um, the uh, in the live chat, folks, to go listen to that. <laughs> as Dr. Isaac, it was announced on the speakers at school when he was dropped as major news. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, was, uh, it, it may have been the lead story on both news channels back in the day as well, Paul. That's, that's, how, big it, that's how big it was at, 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 at the time, I, I suppose, the only real analogy I, I can use is probably a, would be like the skipper of the English football team um, getting unceremoniously, unceremoniously dumped and he, he, you know Buck wasn't playing that badly if, if you know what I mean but he probably wasn't setting the world on fire either but you know sometimes uh, you know sometimes it's, it's harder to get out of the All Blacks than to get in the All Blacks and maybe that was a case of it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, so uh, yeah, congratulations to him on that one. Uh, and um, yeah, let's move on to as we've, we're nearly fifty minutes in. Uh, and you wanted to give us a, a quick update as to how the uh, Northland um, centenary celebrations went. Yeah, Paul. Just before I do, I'll just quickly oh, get into some 
quick results from the from the other unions, and I'll start with uh, the North uh, North Harbour uh, competition. They had round ten on the weekend. Um, I'll start with uh, Northcote at home. Mahurangi travelled to Northcote. Uh, Northcote, very very good side, um, and I thought they would bounce back after their loss to Takapuna last week. As for Takapuna, they travelled to East Coast Bay. Now, if you think back to the very um, first round of the season. They were far too good for East Coast Bays at, at, at Takapuna. I think they may have won by about 50-odd odd points to 17 or 50 to 19, something like that. Well, on Saturday, they only just scraped home, uh, beating the, the hosts by 29 points to 24. So uh, East Coast Bays have obviously gradually improved throughout the season. Uh, a big win to North Shore, 83-0 over Glenfield, who have who struggled to put aside together this year, but, you know, the fact is they're starting to get deep into the season and they've still got a side. Uh, another team that's going well this year is North Harbour Marist. They travelled to Silverdale and got the job done 18-14 in a close one. Now, they, these are, these two are pretty much near neighbours and in our final game, it was the Battle of West Auckland between uh, Massey and Kumu and Massey travelled to Kumu and got the job done 32 points to 29. Where does it leave us on the table? sure Paul will bring that up very, very shortly and tell us how everybody is sitting. Oh, oh sorry. Um, yes, yeah, so here's the table then. Sorry. Uh, and um, North, um, North Shore uh, sits off the table on 41 points, um, four points clear um, of um, uh, Takapuna, uh, who are, again, another four points clear of uh, North Coast. So those top two uh, look um, a, a quite a long way ahead of the rest. Uh, admittedly, the gap between Tak- Takapuna and North Coast is on bonus points. And you can see that the fellow scored 405 points in their 10 games. So averaging 40 points a game um, for Takapuna. Uh, some serious try scoring uh, going on there. Um, Marist then uh, in um, fourth place on 30 points. And then uh, Massey and Silverdale both on 27 points. So a bit of a fight out there, I think, for the for perhaps the third and fourth place in the playoffs. Um, but those top two, you've got to say those top two are... are um, are looking like facing each other again in the final. Mm, I'd have to agree with you, Paul. And um, I think the real big story in North Harbour rugby is is Marist. Marist, one of those teams that are uh, they never quite make the playoffs. They, they, they always sit around that seventh or eighth uh, pocket just ahead of the your Glenfields and Mahurangis. Um, but obviously some good things uh, happening at the uh, Albany-based club, which is just situate, situated across the road from uh, Albany Stadium. Um, just driving down the highway a little bit over the uh, over the Harbour Bridge, we uh, head to the Auckland competition. Uh, Marist at home, too strong, and this was round nine of Goodyear Tyres, Auckland Club Rugby. Marist, too strong for Waitemata at home by 34 points to eight. Now, I know Boa is at training tonight, and uh, I'd say all their boys will have a big smile on their face, Paul, because uh, they got the job done over Otahu Manukau Rovers 38 or Tahuhu 17. Um, Grammar Tech, um, after a, a tight contest uh, uh, a week ago against uh, uh, Ponsonby, well, boy, they had to work hard. But this time, they hit, they got the um, they got across the line, but just beating uh, Pakuranga, travelling up to Bell Park in East Auckland, but getting the job done by a point. Ponsonby travelled... Yeah. Last weekend, I think that was a special celebration for Pakaranga as well, a celebration weekend or club weekend um, or anniversary thing. Sorry, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I just remember seeing that in my Facebook feed. Uh, so, yeah, so a big game, uh, a big game for, for Pakaranga, probably in front of a decent crowd there 
uh, as well. And um, Ponsonby, after their victory over Grammar Tip last week, kept the winning feeling going with a, with a good solid 27-7 win over Papatoi and uh, Papatoi. Unfortunately for Waitakere, it's been a tough season for the uh, West Auckland boys. Suburbs getting their biggest win of the season by 74 points to three. And in the game of the round, College Rifles remain unbeaten. They travelled to university and got the job done 22 points to 15. Now, this is really interesting. Um, College Rifles, one of those teams that have played probably some of the lesser sides. So <clears throat> they were maybe we're, we're probably going to find out what they were all about once we... Uh, um, got once they started playing some of the heavy hitters. Well, they played one of the heavy hitters on the weekend and and got the job done. So unbeaten, Paul, and travelling along nicely. Yeah, in college rifles, uh, it's uh, it's some of that I used to go play um, social touch rugby uh, on a Sunday, uh, and the the number of uh, all blacks and black ferns, both fifteens and sevens, that they have pictures around the top of their bar is very impressive. So look, they are very very uh, storied um, club there uh, with the two um, all weather pitches uh, as part of their ground. Uh, eight games from um, so uh, eight, eight wins in their eight games, top of the table on 39 points. So they've also got a game in hand over Ponsonby and University. Ponsonby just one point back on 38, but they've played one more game. Uh, University, uh, there's a bit of a gap back to them on, on 32, with Grammar Tech also on 30 uh, and uh, Eden on 27. So a little crowd, the top team, and then a bit of a crowd behind them. Pakaranga on um, 25, but perhaps starting to slip back a bit there with four losses. Um, so uh, their uh, bonus points really keeping them in, in, in contention. Um, and then, you know, the other teams, uh, I think, are going to be struggling to make uh, make the finals. I'd have, I'd have to agree with you, Paul. I'll quickly go through the um, uh, women's results. Only the one game played on the weekend, and it was... College Rifles, who travelled to Ardmore Marist, getting the job done by 30 points to 19. I'll have a quick look at the table, Paul. Um, I, know we'll um, I think we've also, we also had um, uh, Manawira uh, beat College Rifles 25-27. So uh, yes. a, a very impressive win for Manawira to go to College Rifles there um, in that one um, as well. And also, it looks like they had to play um, a midweek game as well to try and catch up. So Ardmore Marist uh, playing again on the 5th of um, June. Um, so that's only three days. Both the College Rifles and Ardmore have to turn around and play again three days later. Player welfare? Wow. What's going on there? Wow. Um, that's, a, that's a tough ask. I, I think it's got a little bit to do with... Um, oh, God. Maybe the, maybe that, that super rugby game where a lot, of, a lot of the players from a lot of these respective sides were were involved in that super, uh, yep. super, super rugby game, may have just put the, the program or the schedule behind a, a bit. So whether that's got a, so a bit to that do was, with that. I'm that was the Blues versus the Chiefs women's game. But so, yeah, so College Rifles beat Ardmore Marist um, 30 to 19 in that one. And um, just look, just looking at just looking at our table there, yeah, College Rifles and Ponsonby uh, ruling the roost in the on the tables there, um, if I'm looking at the table, I'm 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 struggling here. I thought I um, so yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm struggling with with the table. Sorry, folks, having issues with with the website. So um, we'll uh, we'll try and rectify that and make sure we know what what, uh, what is going on the women's side of things next week. No worries. And I'll quickly race through some counties Manukau results 
um, because our favourite team is Manurewa, who played at home on the weekend. They played the top of the table, Ardmore Marist, but unfortunately, this is in the McNamara Cup, but Ardmore Marist came out, came away with a 19-15 win. So, yep, bit of a bit of a bugger for Manurewa. Mm. Yeah, I know. Manurewa's fans here, folks. <laughs> yeah. uh, other results, uh, Patamohai 30, Pukakohe 3, and um, played also on the Saturday were were Bombay thirty eight, Papa Quarter fifteen, Fedor thirty eight, Waymouth Waymouth eight. As we uh, quickly look at the table, top top three um Armour Maris forty three, Karaka with thirty nine, Manurewa with thirty seven, and Paramahoe with thirty five. Round out the McNamara Cup and Counties Monaco Rugby. And finally we head to Northland. Was, was there any club rugby this weekend, or did they did they delay it? No, the, no they, uh, they, they didn't. They um, they put all club rugby on on hold over the weekend. Obviously, a lot of the focus in and around the Northern Rugby Union celebrations. One hundred and one years Northern Rugby Union now, centenary. Of, of course, be, be, before you get into before you get into that, um, we just want to show you that uh, uh, we're just going to say back in the deep south. And Nocturnal Rights points out that uh, Dunedin. I did 150 years. So your 100 years in Northland, boy, uh, has been uh, out, uh, outdone there by Dunedin. Oh, We're also we, Mark Grevy Dunn. Congratulations, sir, on your 150th game uh, down there for Dunedin. Good wow. going. That's 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 impressive. Great to see. I know there are <clears throat> Northland is, is quite a young union in the same of, uh, and, and really in the scheme of things, you'll probably find you know obviously probably one of the more younger you. Younger unions, North Harbour, Counties Monaco, only formed in, in probably 1956. So there are some young ones there, but I also know you've got the likes of Manawatu in 15 years will be 150. So it just shows you even the turbos are, are, are quite an old union. But I don't think they were called the turbos back in then. And, 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 and Tasman, Tasman, who are probably only about 15, about, only about 20 odd years old or 30 years old. Oh, yeah. Um. Absolutely. Shouldn't shouldn't forget them. But uh, listen, look, it, it, it was. It's been a great weekend. It actually started on Friday night with a with a, with a, a mix and mingle, where basically it was the opportunity for a, lo a lot of old friends who played played together for Northland or somebody who knew somebody. Administrators all got together on, on a Friday night, and then we um, we moved into Saturday, where we had uh, uh, three games on on the Saturday, which gave the uh, gave an opportunity for a lot of fans. Of Northland Rugby to come along and and watch some some of their more promising players at all levels of the game. When I talk about all levels, we started with the FPC Farrah Palmer Cup trial between North and South, and uh, that particular game, well, Crystal Murray, she was the star of that show, scoring four tries and just displaying all the skills that uh, she's got and. Um, of course, there were a lot of newcomers who also put their hand up. So uh, a lady that you know too well, you've interviewed her, and another lady you can look back on our archives, Cheryl Smith, um, a former Blackfern, and her and her assistant, Susan Dawson. They will have uh, some really pleasant headaches with uh, some of the talent that may have been unearthed or was running around in that particular game. Of course, the North, far too strong by 41 points to 12, Paul. So... Uh, um, and a good, I've got to say, good crowd turned out on the day. Yeah, and look, and Crystal really um, is trying to up her game this year. Look, she she was uh, 
part of the crowd that headed down to uh, to Wellington to play sevens. Uh, so yeah, you don't get many props who uh, who run out on the sevens pitch. So um, she clearly is trying to uh, yeah up again and get into that All Blacks team uh, and making a making a good shout of it. Oh well, it, listen, I was talking to a, a family friend, and originally she was a winger, and there were a couple of occasions where she was in open space and she put put the hammer down and I thought wow <laughs> she she has got a, a a bit of pace so yeah great all-round talent As, now the second game of the day was the Johnny Isaacs Memorial Trophy and that's in the past been played by senior teams for and that's basically for su- supremacy for Māori rugby so the north is how it works it's it's done on depending what sort of hapu or tribe they're from, the more northern your tribe is, the more chances you're going to play for the north zone. And the same with uh, the south zone. It's not like the subunions call where uh, basically from the subunion they're from, they get picked. But this year, the Northern Rugby Union had decided to make it, make it an under-21 tournament. And gee, it highlighted some good kids. And the uh, final score was 40-38. to 38 with a sideline conversion from my man of the match, a kid by the name of Cyrus Broughton, who, um, he looks like Nani Lamapi. He runs like Nani Lamapi, but he kicks, he knocks over conversions from the sideline. He's got a high drop kick. He's got an amazing left to right pass. Um, and from what I've got told, he actually started as a halfback. And then he's moved into first five and he's moved out to centre. Um, Quite, quite the talent. I was also very impressed with uh, uh, Colt Edwards. Oh, that's a cool name. Colt Edwards, a big, tall, uh, rangy lock from uh, from an area that I that I hail from up in the Bay of Islands. So, uh, and and I do know of the family as well. So, gee, it just highlighted so much talent in in that particular game. And I know talking to to both coaches, and I had a good long chat with. With both coaches, I've put together an article which I'll put on the uh, Northern Rugby website. That should be posted within the, the next 24 hours and you can have a bit of a look through and see what sort of talent they've got on offer. And it just, it just gives me, it just really gives me a lot of hope that if uh, the Northern Rugby Union can identify this talent early, they won't be chasing them around the country at various secondary schools, Paul. Well, Oxford writes to say thank you for doing the the scouting report. Though he'll be uh, he'll be shipped down south soon. Um, that oh, player. No, um, now, now, folks, if, if you want to watch any of these games that Stephen is talking about, they're all available on the Northland um, Facebook page, uh, and you might recognise the voice that's doing the commentary because uh, Stephen did three games back to back commentary on that one. So, congratulations, sir, on uh, on on a big shift there um, for, um, uh, for 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 the Tanifar. Uh, there and um, yeah, we we can tell by the improvement in your um, studio and uh, camera equipment as to how much money you made from that one. Yeah, yeah, good idea. Yeah. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the uh, final game was the Northern NPC trial, and the uh, the uh, North Zone once again got the job done um, over the South Zone by thirty eight points to uh, nineteen. But the uh, star of the show was uh, Rennie Ranger, um, a, a mistake free Rennie Ranger is a very good player, and he was pretty much mis- mistake-free throughout the game. But I thought uh, there were also very good games from a lad by the name of Tavita Fokafa, uh, a lock very much along the lines of Tupu Vai, um, was in the Taranaki system 
in uh, 2019, ex Rotorua boys. Um, he's probably going to give um, Northern Forge coach Graham Dews plenty to think about, but there were several other good performances. But listen, I won't give all that away. There could be scouts around the country listening, Paul. So well, yes, I'm, I'm sure there are. And I'm, I'm just thinking, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly look up our interview with Rennie Ranger um, and uh, put a link in the uh, live chat, folks, so you can have a um, uh, have, have a listen to uh, to that as well. Because that was a good um, that was a, 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 a good chat with Rennie Ranger. Rennie Ranger doesn't give uh, long form interviews uh, that that often, uh, and it was great to have a chat with him um, in that one um, again um, about a year ago now. Uh, but um, I'm sure a lot of it still applies today um, as well. I think he'd be a bit surprised yet uh, about um, what his uh, post uh, post rugby uh, career is lined up to be. Uh, not sure. I says Scott Gregory will be the the 12 at Northern for this year. Uh, he'll definitely be in the side. Um, I'm not quite sure what number he'll have in his back though, Stephen. Um, I'm picking 13 uh, nocturnal because uh, um, at 12. Who got injured last year was Tamati Tua, and uh, he's just on the road to recovery. I suspect they will use uh, Rennie Ranger and Blake Ohio as their other midfielders off the uh, bench in 2021. But I'd be remiss of me not to mention the centennial dinner on the Saturday night, which I attended. Absolutely fantastic. So many Northland legends there Sid Going, Glenn Taylor, David Howell, just you know, too many names to remember, and of course, uh, um, a World Women's Rugby Player of the Year, uh, Portia Woodman. I was fortunate enough to get a, a, a photograph with both herself and her dad, uh, uh, Kafina Woodman. Um, another highlight of the evening was uh, also a all-black capping for um, Glenn Towers Taylor, or Glenn Taylor, um, who played for the All Blacks back in the uh, uh, 1996. Was part of that All Black team that. Uh, won the series in, in, in South Africa and uh yeah he had uh he had quite a he had quite a bit of um oh, quite a few stories as well especially some good stories about the late uh, uh Norm Berryman <laughs> um we won't go into too much detail about those stories but uh listen it, it, it was a great night caught up with a lot of faces that I hadn't seen in a very long time and um probably all I can say is I think Northern Rugby is in, in very good heart Ah, it sounds like it, which is great to see. Um, and um, the uh, and uh, yes, you've you're 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 smoothing over all of these All Blacks who uh, <laughs> had too much to drink uh, and filled up their pint glasses with with uh, with urine and then try to hand it off to somebody. Uh, those sort of things always happen at rugby <laughs> at rugby drinks, surely, rugby dinners, surely. Um, so um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, very very very, uh, very 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 politically correct of you not not to give away any of these, any of those sort of stories. Yeah, I, I basically had to um, remember how to how to do a tie, tie up. It had been a while since I actually wore one. I'm still disappointed in your blazer, sir. I mean, whilst you were, were well dressed, I, as I said, I, oh, I, I tried no. to last week. But uh, this is the kind of blazer that you should be wearing. Um, there, so I'm, I'm I'm just waiting, just waiting for my invite to one of these big dinners so I can so I can get dressed up for the first time in a long time. Uh, there we go. But uh, as an Oxford actually, yes, sharp dressed man, Stephen, looking very good there uh, in, uh, in in his um, Northland rug, Northland rugby tie as well. Well, well, done. very, very, uh, very on brand, which is great to see. 
with his VIP pass around his neck. Um, lovely. Um, so um, uh, uh, great weekend up there in Northern. Congratulations to them on their centenary. Look, it was last year. Uh, unfortunately, due to COVID, they've not they weren't able to celebrate it last year, but could do it um, this year, um, oh. which is um, which which is great. Paul, let's not advise anybody. Even if you're involved with a with a with, with a rugby club before Nocturnal, you 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 mentioned the club down in, in in Dunedin before. If you get an if you get an opportunity, go along to these celebrations because they only come around um, once in your lifetime. I don't think you ever get another crack. I'd be impressed if I'm around for the next one, but I don't think so. Uh, for some for some reason, you know, get to them because they're they're a lot of fun. And boy, some of the some of the stories you you find out about. I'll, I'll probably leave you with this story. Um, in two thousand and one, uh, Northland beat Auckland at Eden Park in, in an incredible comeback of, of epic proportions. They they were playing an Auckland team that had Carlos Spencer, Ali Williams, Doug Howard, Kevin Mialamu. Um, seriously, Steve Divide seriously stacked Auckland team and Auckland. Basically, we're turning down kicks at goal that night, Paul, um, because they thought, yeah, we've got these guys on the run. We can we can just turn it on and score at any time that we like. And uh, um, what the, what but what they didn't have was a fellow by the name of Rupini Thaudhanau Booker. Um, <laughs> he was in his he was in his first season with Northland, and in the 30, 39th minute of the game, when his uh, his teammate, uh, a fellow by the name of uh, Ferro Lasavi Bell another Fijian international winger who was playing for Northland at the time, decided to put a cross kick, which I at the time was thinking, what is he doing? Because Doug Howler would, would win the race to the ball. Well, Repenny ran past Doug like Doug was stuck in quicksand, scored the try, and that was probably, for a lot of people, the first uh, introduction to the great Repenny, Thaudhiannam Booker, and of course James Arledge, who was the first five unwanted by Auckland at the time, unwanted by Wayne Pivak and Grant Fox, who were the Auckland coaches, because they felt they had two very good first fives, Carlos Spencer and Irene I.E. And, and to be fair, they did. And, of course, the rest is history. Arledge lands the conversion. And uh, under normal circumstances, the Northland team would stay in a hotel for one night and bus back to Whangarei the next morning. The Northern CEO put them up for two nights. <laughs> <laughs> they drank a keg of beer in a record 25 minutes. Wow. It's yeah. very, 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 very impressive. Um, so I suggested they probably uh, stayed the extra night to, to have a sleep. But uh, just talking to, to Glenn, Glenn Taylor and, of course, former Northern coach Darren Whitcomb, um, Darren said, even though I'd made the All Blacks, he said that was the highlight of my life because the, the caliber of the Auckland, uh, because the uh, caliber, caliber of the Auckland team at the time. And um, I must admit, I didn't get home till ten o'clock the next day either. Paul. We'll leave <laughs> now, folks, if you want to help me get along to um, uh, one of these dinners, then uh, I'll be uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be looking at selling these uh, little. Uh, uh, stables um, going forward, so you can look out for a uh, for, for an e-commerce store. Uh, if you've got any uh, daughters or sons who like playing farm, uh, then uh, I'll be uh, we'll, we'll be selling those. But also, you can become a supporter of New Zealand Sports Radio by heading over to patreon.com/nzsportsradio uh, to become a Patreon 
uh, and supporter of us, helping us get some many, uh, helping us to improve the tech, uh, particularly for Stephen uh, and his uh, ex and his interviews uh, out on the pitch. Because hey, wind is causing us some issues, folks. Um, we do uh, so, so we we could really be helping with that one uh, there. It's either it's either there or sausage sizzle. Well, <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. Yeah, sausage sizzle for 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 New Zealand sports radio. That'd be fantastic. Oh dear, Bunnings. Where's the closest Bunnings? We need to. We would like to do a sausage sizzle race fundraiser, please. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much um, for joining me this evening, Stephen. It's been an absolute blast um, as always. Uh, and uh, thank you everyone who has joined us in the live chat. Don't forget you can also listen to us as a podcast as well. Uh, and um, have a great week, everybody. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Um...